What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast finally about the movie Top Gun Maverick. Here's a quick synopsis. After decades with the Navy, Maverick is back at Top Gun to train a group of young pilots for a big mission, including the son of his deceased best friend, Goose Rooster. The film stars Tom Cruise, Miles Teller, Jennifer Conley, Glenn Powell, John Hamm, Ed Harris, and Val Kilmer. Standout performances. Back in 1986, 24-year-old Tom Cruise starred in the original Top Gun. This is the movie that made him a massive massive movie star. It was a huge box office success, making $370 million on a $15 million budget. And in the years since, he's given some of my all-time favorite performances in The Color of Money with Paul Newman, also came out in 1986, Rain Man with Dustin Hoffman in 1988, Born on the Fourth of July in 1989, A Few Good Men with Jack Nicholson in 1992, The Firm with Ed Harris and Gene Hackman in 1994, Jerry Maguire with Cuba Gooding Jr. in 1996, Magnolia in 1999 with the late great Philip Seymour Hoffman, 2002's Minority Report with Colin Farrell, and 2004's Collateral with Jamie Foxx. In his career, Cruz has received three Oscar nominations, two for leading performances in Born on the Fourth of July and Jerry Maguire, and one for a supporting performance in Magnolia. Even if you're listening to this and aren't a big fan of Tom Cruise, you have to admit it's insane that Tom Cruise does not have an Oscar. The other thing that's insane about Tom Cruise is the list of the all-time filmmakers he's worked with. Cruise has made films with Francis Ford Coppola, Martin Scorsese, Oliver Stone, Barry Levinson, Sidney Pollack, Rob Reiner, Brian De Palma, Paul Thomas Anderson, Stanley Kubrick, Steven Spielberg, Cameron Crowe, and Michael Mann. Cruise worked with these filmmakers wicked young. I mean, he worked with all of those great directors before turning 45 years old. And because of the release of Top Gun Maverick, there's been a lot of discussion about how Cruise is the last great movie star. And while I somewhat agree with that sentiment, what is more true to me is that he's the greatest movie star of all time. After Top Gun Maverick, Cruise will have had a number one movie at the box office in five different decades. Also, Cruise has reinvented himself. The early part of his career is filled with great dramatic work. In the latter stage of his his career, Cruz has become a believable action star. Since 1996, he starred as Ethan Hunt in six Mission Impossible movies, with two more on the way, two Jack Reacher films in 2012 and 2016, and Edge of Tomorrow in 2014. Cruz is not the best actor ever, but as a movie star, there's no one else like him. He's never had a stretch of irrelevancy, and in Top Gun Maverick, he's reminding the world he is a movie star. I loved this portrayal of Maverick in this movie, it's a risk coming back to play a beloved character. It's hard to please all of the fans, and I think all the people who love the original Top Gun will be pleased with Tom Cruise's performance in Top Gun Maverick. It's a return to Cruise playing a believable real-life human being instead of a larger-than-life figure like Ethan Hunt. I think one critique of Cruise lately that's fair is the fact that he hasn't been vulnerable on screen for a very long time. He is doing that 
that and more in Top Gun Maverick. And people are saying it's a really great movie star performance. It's that, but it's also a really good acting performance as well. The other significance of this for Cruz's career is it's really the first time he's revisiting a character not as an action star. Like, he's played Ethan Hunt over and over again. He played Jack Reacher twice. This is him returning to a character that is a real-life human being in Maverick. Again, it's the first time that Tom Cruise has to be emotional on screen for the first time in a long time. Let's talk about Tom Cruise's young co-star, Miles Teller. This is a big bounce back for Teller. His last major studio movie was The Fantastic Four, which was a disaster. It's the worst superhero movie ever. With Top Gun Maverick, Teller has been given a second chance as the co-lead of a major blockbuster movie, and he nails it as Rooster, the son of Anthony Edwards' Goose. Him and Cruz has some awesome moments during the second half of the film. Teller has been one of my favorite actors since starring in The Spectacular Now in Whiplash, and I hope that Top Gun Maverick puts him back on the map. The two supporting performances I want to talk about in this movie come from John Hamm and Glenn Powell, who are both bringing something new to prototypical Top Gun characters. Hamm is playing an admirable who questions Maverick at every turn. Since Mad Men ended, Hamm has become a supporting actor, not something many would have predicted. I particularly loved Ham in Baby Driver as the villain. Ham has become an actor who mostly plays authority figures. He's played an FBI agent in the town in Richard Jewell, a police detective in No Sudden Move, a government official in The Report, and now an admiral in Top Gun Maverick. And then you have Glenn Powell, who's best known for Set It Up and Everybody Wants Some, is playing the rival to Teller's Rooster. He's basically playing the Val Kilmer role. He was able to add his own touch. I do want to say this. I agree with what most people are saying about the movie Top Gun Maverick. What I don't agree with is this idea that Glenn Powell is better than Miles Teller in this movie. I just don't see what you're seeing. I think Glenn Powell is playing a carbon copy of the Val Kilmer character while Miles Teller is doing something new in a Top Gun movie. Like, I just like Miles Teller in this movie a lot more than I like Glenn Powell. And that's not to say I don't like Powell in this movie. He's very good. But he's doing something I've already seen in the original Top Gun. What's interesting to point out is that Powell auditioned to play the rooster role in this movie. I could see Miles Teller playing Hangman, the character that Glenn Powell plays, but I could not see Glenn Powell pulling off the role of rooster. Like, I just think Miles Teller was born to play this role. I mean, he really does look like he could be the son of Anthony Edwards' Goose. Tom Cruise will next star in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 and 2, Miles Teller in Spiderhead with Chris Hemsworth and Journey Smollett, John Hamm in Fletch Lives where he will be taking over the role of Fletch, once played by Chevy Chase, and finally Glenn Powell in Devotion with Jonathan Majors. The director of Top Gun Maverick is Joseph Kaczynski, whose directorial debut was another sequel to a film nearly three decades old, Tron Legacy. He previously worked with Cruz on the film Oblivion and Miles Teller and Jennifer Conley on the super underrated movie Only the Brave. That movie also stars Josh Brolin and Jeff Bridges. Top Gun Maverick is about to make Kaczynski a big name director that you're going to want to pay attention to. And what I think is really interesting is he has another movie coming out in a few weeks with Miles Teller and Chris Hemsworth. It's called 
called Spiderhead and it's coming out on Netflix. And Kaczynski is making a movie about Formula One racing on Apple. Recently, the director said on Collider that he was going to direct a version of the movie Ford v Ferrari that was supposed to star Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. I mean, could you imagine that version of Ford v Ferrari? That would have been a completely different movie. I think other than Tom Cruise, the big winner of Top Gun Maverick is Joseph Kaczynski. Like, I could not have imagined him making this movie as good as it is. And I also want to say this. I think Kaczynski should get strong consideration for a Best Director nomination at next year's Oscars. I mean, there was so much pressure on this guy to make this movie, and he far exceeded those expectations. Like, nobody expected the sequel to Top Gun, a really good, not great movie, to be great. And we're always talking about how bigger movies should get respect at the Oscars. I think Kaczynski should get respect at the Oscars by getting a Best Director nomination. Cruz is going to get the majority of the credit, and I get it. But when you talk about this movie, you also have to pay respect to Joseph Kaczynski. One of the writers of Top Gun Maverick is Christopher McQuarrie, who won an Oscar for writing the screenplay to The Usual Suspects. And he has become a key collaborator of Tom Cruise as a writer on Valkyrie, The Edge of Tomorrow, and he's been the writer-director on Jack Reacher and the last four installments of Mission Impossible. Clearly, Cruise loves working with him, and they've made some great movies together. Macquarie has really become the one constant in Tom Cruise's career, from the really good movies like Edge of Tomorrow to the really bad ones like The Mummy. If it's a Tom Cruise movie made now, Macquarie probably worked on it. I want to take a minute to talk about the director of the original Top Gun, the late great Tony Scott, who along with Top Gun directed Beverly Hills Cop 2 with Eddie Murphy, Days of Thunder again with Tom Cruise, True Romance with Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette, Crimson Tide with Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman, and Unstoppable again with Denzel and Chris Pine. Scott knew how to make a crowd pleaser led by a movie star. This guy was Michael Bay and Roland Emmerich way before those guys ever existed as filmmakers. He is the original blockbuster director. What I loved about Top Gun Maverick is the film feels true to the original, maybe too much so in the beginning of the film, but during the last part of the film, it becomes something surprising. There's a lot of cathartic moments between Cruise and Teller that the movie brilliantly builds up towards. Another thing I really enjoyed about this movie is the evolution of the Maverick character. In this movie, he's all about how every life is precious. It's not just about the mission, it's about getting everyone home safely. I also liked how he was someone who didn't move up the rankings. He just stayed where he's comfortable. And his relationship with the Penny Benjamin character, played by Jennifer Conley, who is only mentioned in the original film, is good. The two actors have chemistry. In this movie, Maverick is still reeling from the loss of his best friend, and he has become overprotective of his son. Also, the flight scenes are super cinematic and immersive, as you'd expect from a Top Gun movie. And there's also a sports scene. I really enjoyed how the movie had all of the tropes of the original, while also adding things to make it a better movie. We talk a lot about nostalgia in movies and when it works and when it doesn't. Recently, I've noticed a pattern. When an actor is coming back to play an iconic role, it's best that they play a prominent role 
role in the new film. Tom Cruise is the lead of Top Gun Maverick. Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield play key roles in Spider-Man Far From Home, and so does Harrison Ford in Blade Runner 2049. I find it that people are often disappointed or unsatisfied when beloved actors only show up for cameos like Bill Murray in Ghostbusters Afterlife or Billy D. Williams in Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. It feels wrong when an iconic character only shows up for a minute or so like I was loving The Mandalorian. I love everything about that show. The one thing I didn't really care for was them bringing in Luke Skywalker and Mark Hamill for like what? A two minute cameo? Because then it feels like you're getting used. It feels like nostalgia is being used as a weapon. I think in the case of Top Gun Maverick, there was a reason to bring this character back because he was going to have a prominent role in the movie. It was going to be his movie. There was a reason for him to be there. And when there isn't a reason for a character or an iconic figure to show up, it's most likely going to fall flat. And I think it's one of the biggest issues with the whole Star Wars franchise. I mean, the only one of these little cameos I really like is when Darth Vader shows up in Rogue One. Then he had a reason to be in the movie. If you are going to bring back an iconic actor to reprise an iconic role, then it needs to be in a prominent role in that movie. And I think we're learning that over and over again. These little cameos are not making anyone happy. If this was Tom Cruise in this movie for 10 minutes, nobody would like this movie at all. But because he is the movie, everyone is saying it's great. That is the difference. And if you're not a fan of nostalgia in movies, I've got some bad news for you. This is only going to happen more and more in movies. This June, Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, and Sam Neill are returning for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And in the next year, Harrison Ford is playing Indiana Jones again. And Michael Keaton is playing Batman for the first time since 1992. Good or bad, this is what has happened to the culture. And listen, I think what we're learning is it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing and it doesn't have to feel weird. Like this movie works again because Tom Cruise is in this movie. He is this movie and he wants to be in this movie. The worst is when it feels like that actor doesn't want to be playing that character anymore. Like let's take Mark Hamill for example. In the last few Star Wars movies he's appeared, he talked out against them. It didn't seem like he wanted to be there for those movies at all. And then the Mandalorian cameo happened. Like I just felt bad for Mark Hamill. I didn't care that Luke Skywalker showed up for 10 seconds or not. I want the actor playing that iconic role to want to play that iconic role. And that's what you're getting in Top Gun Maverick. Tom Cruise wants to play the character of Maverick. Cruise could have returned to the character at any time, but he put some thought into it. Tom Cruise could be making Mission Impossible movies till the end of time, but he took a break from that to go back to making a Top Gun movie. I think that's a good sign for what these nostalgia movies can be. They don't all have to be bad. As an audience member, I don't like it when the history of movies and your love of movies are used against you. Like, let's take Ready Player One, how the Iron Giant shows up, or in Space Jam 2. I haven't even seen that movie, but I've heard of all that nonsense with them referencing older movies. I like it when an actor returns to play a key role in his life and wants to play that role. And I think that's what Tom Cruise is doing in Top Gun Maverick. It seems like he wanted to be 
there. He's the lead of the movie again. Tom Cruise is not in this movie for 15 to 30 minutes. He is the lead of the movie. One of the reasons I'm excited to see Ewan McGregor play the character of Obi-Wan again is because he's getting his own TV show. This isn't just some quick little bit cameo. He is choosing to reprise the role. Yes, I'm not naive. It's somewhat about the money, but they are making the choice to play these characters again. We all want to see them play these characters again. That's the biggest reason why I'm interested to see Jurassic World Dominion. I want to see how big of a role Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, and Sam Neill play in that movie. Because if they're only in the movie for 15 to 20 minutes, I think fans are going to feel sour about them being in the movie in the first place. There needs to be a reason. It can't be these moments where they're just there and they're gone in a flash. Nobody cares for those moments. Nobody remembers those moments. Nobody's talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife, a movie I like, and talking about Bill Murray's five minutes in that movie. Studios might think that's what you're talking about, but no one cares. If Bill Murray came back to be the lead of a Ghostbusters movie, guess what? It would be a hit movie. That's what I'm trying to say here. You can use nostalgia in a good way, and that's what I think Top Gun Maverick is doing. Top Gun Maverick is a huge victory for movies. It's not only a box office hit, it's also a critical one. It's also the first Tom Cruise movie to open to $100 million domestically. Cruise and Paramount made the right choice by keeping it in theaters and not putting it on a streamer. I mean, now this movie has a chance to make $700, $800, even maybe $900 million. This is going to be one of Tom Cruise's biggest hits of his career. I think this is what the box office is going to look like. There's going to be a superhero movie that dominates it. There's going to be a blockbuster. And then there's going to be some movies that come out of nowhere, like everything, everywhere, all at once. Those movies are still going to be able to thrive. I think what's changing is you're never going to get back to a weekend where there are five movies doing well at once. Those days are gone. We are now in the era of one movie at a time gets to dominate the box office, and then the next one comes around. Gone are the days where you can have two movies open to a hundred million dollars on the weekend. I don't think you're ever going to get back to that. It's going to be your weekend, my weekend, and then you switch. You're not going to be able to have three movies dominate the box office like you did in 2005. The box office is always changing, but one thing doesn't. Tom Cruise dominates it. Overall, Top Gun Maverick is exactly what a sequel should be. Reminiscent of the original film, while still feeling like a movie that can stand on its own. And this is not only that, it's a rare sequel that's better than the original film. From the acting to the plot, it has more substance than the original movie. This movie had a lot of expectations, and this movie has been heavily anticipated for the last four years, and it shattered all those expectations and then some. Top Gun Maverick is an old-school blockbuster in the best ways possible. It took what was good from the original and took away what was bad from it and it came away with a near perfect movie. I think the best thing I can say about Top Gun Maverick is even if you're not a fan of the original Top Gun, you are going to be a fan of Top Gun Maverick. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and I highly recommend you check out the movie Top Gun Maverick. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about free movies, 
Michael Bay's Ambulance, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Yaya Abdul-Mateen, and Isa Gonzalez. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, starring Ben Schwartz, Jim Carrey, Idris Elba, and James Marsden. And Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, starring Eddie Redmayne, Jude Law, and Mads Mikkelsen. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe.